0: free talk live where you're invited to take control of the airwaves talk about whatever is important to you 603-283-6160 if you'd like to do that again that number 603-283-6160 with you in the studio tonight it's aria it's nikki
1: and bonnie
0: and it's good to be back in the actual studio proper after you know two weeks i mean i was here yesterday as well but it it's different you know, and it's it's good to be back here. You know, giving out the number, being able to take calls, and all of that great stuff. I I love the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and I love Fork Fest. But I I'm glad to be back home in the air conditioning, uh, first of all, because uh, it got hot right suddenly. I mean, we're also further south here than you know, the, up there in the mountains of Lancaster, but. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. If you want to join the discussion tonight coming up, we're going to be talking about Uvalde and their attempts to keep their records private so that the public can't learn, you know, was sort of that this is the Uvalde School District. So that the public can't learn what kind of shady things they were up to. Also, Hong Kong wants to rewrite their textbooks.
1: All in on 1984, like literally.
0: Yes, to suggest that they were never a British colony. And I, I don't. Yeah, I'm curious. I, we're going to get into this later, but I'm, I'm curious if it's just that you know, it's we're splitting hairs about what is and isn't a colony, because hmm. I, I don't know that Hong Kong was ever actually a British colony, but it was considered part of the British Empire, if I remember correctly. It just wasn't a colony in well, the sense. That, what
2: would it be if it
1: wasn't a colony?
0: I don't know. I, I don't know what the uh, you know proper definition of colony
1: versus... Was it like a territory? Yeah, like see, because the,
0: yeah, the U.S. has territories. I would consider them colonies, realistically. But like the Philippines, I would call that an American colony. But, you know, they wouldn't. They would consider hmm. it like a territory. So I don't know. Maybe that's what they're doing. But first off, Apple announcing an extreme privacy mode for targets of government spyware. As soon as I saw this... I knew we had to talk about it because they're talking about the spyware made by NSO group, which is reportedly an Israeli spyware firm in an attempt to protect its most vulnerable users. Apple has announced an upcoming feature designed to thwart hacking attempts from government malware. And I love this, that opening sentence. This is from vice, by the way, I love it because it suggests that the people being targeted by governments are the most vulnerable people out there. Well, I don't know if they meant to suggest that or not, but they did.
1: Other governments bad our government good, so... But, you know, in the American
0: worldview, the Israeli government is basically the American government, right? I mean, the two are intertwined. So if the Israeli government is bad, then American government is bad.
1: Yeah, that is a little weird that they're demonizing Israel.
0: And I, I'm just happy to see that they're recognizing that... Uh, The people most targeted by governments are the most vulnerable. Apple's announcement specifically called malware created by Israeli spyware firm NSO Group, which was recently caught spying on dozens of journalists, government officials, and dissidents. I'm sure it was more than that. I'm sure it was. You know, similar to how they're doing it in Ukraine. Actually, I think... Despite all of the horrible things that Ukraine has done, I don't think they've started spying on journalists and government officials and dissidents in the same way that Israel has. Does
1: that say like, only American journalists and dissidents and stuff like that? Are they specifically targeting Americans? Because that would be so weird.
0: Is the Israeli government
1: targeting Americans, you mean? Yeah, like the dozen journalists and dissidents. Are those all Americans? or Some no. of them are...
0: It would have been a good example of journalism for Vice to link to an article Mm. about these dozens of journalists so I could click that and find out Mm. what these journalists were. I remember when we we talked about it here on Free Talk Live when it first happened, when news of it first broke. But Mm. that was like two years ago. It was before the FBI raids. It was before COVID or it was after the FBI raids and it was after COVID or during COVID. So it's... It just got lost in my memory in the, the white noise of COVID-19 and everything that's happened in the last two years.
1: Oh, so this has been going on.
0: I'm sure it has. I mm-hmm. mean, the the NSA has, it's the equation group, Kaspersky Labs identified, that's what Kaspersky Labs calls them. It's almost certainly the NSA. The NSO? The NSA. Oh. Okay. The National Security Agency for the United States government. And they are insanely good. They, they can intercept packages being shipped from one side of the country to the other, install for, for, uh, spyware that is hidden in the firmware so you can never undo it. As long as you're using that hard drive or whatever, you're uh, hacked and you may not ever know it. Wow. And you got to wonder what sort of agency would be capable of intercepting UPS trucks shipping from California to Washington, D.C. or whatever. And it's obviously going to be some sort of governmental agency. And Kaspersky says it's probably the NSA, and I tend to think they're probably right. But the NSO group of Israel is just as potent, even if they can't presumably intercept shipments in the United States.
1: TJ was telling me yesterday when he was in the NSA, he had some kind of uh, program that could look through a foreign language book that was like, you know, a textbook size book and get all the information out of it, like and summarize it. And he said... Um, they used to be worse because it's like A- AI that they used. And he he did this in 2004. But I know, said, imagine
2: what they have nowadays. Yeah,
1: he said they had to be like 95% accurate. So that's insane.
0: That's it's crazy. crazy. The, this new feature from Apple is called Lockdown Mode. And Apple described it as extreme and groundbreaking security capability in its press release published on Wednesday. Lockdown mode, the first major capability of its kind, coming this fall with iOS 16, and they do some advertisements here, is an extreme optional protection for the very small number of users who face grave targeted threats to their digital security, Apple wrote in the announcement. And Apple does have somewhat of a history of standing up to governments around the world. Right when the, I think it was the FBI that came to Apple and said, Hey, we want you, we want, you know, to have a backdoor into all of your encrypted devices because all Apple devices are encrypted. Apple refused to turn that over. They did, however, decrypt the backups, so to speak. So if you're backing up your phone to the cloud or whatever, FBI can, the FBI or whatever government agency can still subpoena all of that information from Apple and it won't be encrypted, something like that. But they made a show of doing it. And if you've, if you're aware of that and you take measures against it, then you Apple is sort of keeping you safe from helping you keep yourself safe from the government. Well,
2: in one of the recent updates, they put something in the iCloud, the new iCloud terms and conditions, that basically none of your information on your phone is protected anymore.
0: Oh, really? They were basically
2: like, yeah, we're going to hand it all over to the feds.
0: Hmm. That's that's disappointing. But I mean, there are there are companies out there that will help keep you safer. Um, Samsung partnered up with Knox, which I don't care much for because it was a a partnership between what's Knox. It's a security software for Android (laughs) devices or specifically Samsung devices and probably some others. But it was co-developed by Samsung and the NSA. Well. So it's not, if I recall correctly, this was like 2013, 2014 that I first looked into, it, but I'm pretty sure it was with the NSA or something like that. And it's very difficult to remove it from your phone. Like it's there to keep you from being able to root your phone and to remove it from your phone. And sure, supposedly it keeps your phone from being hacked and all this other stuff, but I would rather trust myself with that than trust something, you know, co-developed by the NSA. In practice, Lockdown Mode turns off several features that can be exploited by hackers who use government spyware made by companies such as NSO Group or Kandaroo which they did actually link to and I've never actually heard of. Hmm. So it's, it's another Israeli spyware vendor, shockingly enough. The features that will be turned off if a user decides to use Lockdown Mode are accepting attachments sent via iMessage. Well, you should stop using iMessage and start using Signal, first of all. That's end-to-end encrypted... Your messages are safe and you can still send and receive images because they will be encrypted. You also, some web technologies like a type of JavaScript compilation, incoming FaceTime calls from unknown callers, wire connections to a computer when the phone is locked. You know, similar things like that that security-minded people probably aren't using in the first place. I, I, I tend to think you're serious people. You're people who are serious about security. They're probably not using iPhones in the first place. And if they are, they, they've got... They're not using FaceTime and iMessage and things like that. They're using Matrix and Telegram and Signal and Wire and all of these other technologies that are into encrypted. I mean, WhatsApp is really popular, but that's owned by Google, and you would have no idea if it's actually encrypted or not. What do you think? Is this a good step toward keeping people safe from governments? Can Apple be trusted Trusted here, 603 283 6160. It is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. 603 283 If you'd like to call in and talk about whatever is important to you, that's 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria.
1: It's Nikki and Bonnie.
0: And I want to tell you about Bitcoin.com. It is the best place to go to learn about cryptocurrency. I I have not even heard about the value of cryptocurrency since I've been gone for the last two weeks or so. Last I heard, it was still hovering around $19,000 to $20,000. I imagine it's probably if it had shot back up to 70,000, I would have heard about it. And if it had dropped down much lower than that, I would have heard about it. So I'm assuming here that it's still operating somewhere around that price point.
1: Yeah, a lot of stuff went up yesterday supposedly, or maybe like 2 days ago. I heard about that, but it's all at like I mean, Bitcoin's at like 20,000 right now.
0: Well, that's good. But the the price of Bitcoin isn't why you should be interested in it. You should be interested in it because it can set you free of the financial system and the ability of governments to inflate the currency to pay for wars around the world. Bitcoin.com is your source for all information regarding it. Click getting started at the top of the page. Take a few minutes out of your day to learn about this important world-changing information. And if you do already know about it, go to news.bitcoin.com to stay up to date on all the news and headlines that are relevant to you. All on a sleek, easy-to-use website. That's news.bitcoin.com. Now, we're talking about this article from Vice here about Apple and their attempts to create a lockdown mode on your Apple devices that will presumably help keep you safe from government intrusions. Now, first of all, it raises so many obvious questions. Like, first of all, why is it necessary to have a, a lockdown mode to keep people safe from government intrusion, right? Aren't there supposed to be like... Courts and warrants and things like that that are supposed to keep governments from, you know, doing this sort of thing. Uh, But no, those don't apply.
1: Maybe Ian can get that uh, software on his phone and keep him safe from government intrusion.
0: Does he use an iPhone?
1: No. Well, I I forgot about that.
0: Ian, at least, you know, he he had to install government spyware specifically because the government told him to. Yeah. Yeah, I
2: don't know if that really counts. Which
0: which is a... (laughs) Which is, man, that, that, that's horrible, right? But I mean, that, that is what, you know, the, the price of, you know, being an activist sometimes. But the average person, journalists, they mention, shouldn't have to have a lockdown mode to keep them safe from the spying of the Israeli government or the American government or the Russian government or the Chinese government or whatever other government you want to insert into the equation here. People should have the right to privacy from their governments. Yep. and they they simply don't another question is why isn't this standard right if if you can if you can protect people from government in, intrusions then why is this an extra security mode that has to be activated instead of being the standard and of course the reason for that is because it keeps your device from being u- useful
2: well and that's the thing too there are so many steps that people could take to be more secure like the same thing with passwords you know you could have a secure password, but it's too difficult for people to remember. So instead they just say password one, two three. they, they you know do it's that? too difficult for people to actually and a lot of people just simply don't care. They want to use Facebook, they want to use Apple products. It's just easy and convenient and that's more important to the majority of people than their security and privacy. Yeah,
1: honestly, I couldn't live my life the way that Chris Wade does. I just couldn't <laughs> putting my phone in metal case. I wish every time I could, I honestly. I wish I could, but
0: that's goals. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I I prefer to take a a simpler approach, right? Instead of going to the extreme that like Chris Wade does. I I mean, like Pat, you mentioned passwords. Password managers are a thing, and some mm-hmm. of them some of them have a pretty good history, like LastPass, which. I think they were recently bought by Lock me in, which has a long history of being pro encryption and stuff like that. I mean there aren't a whole lot of tech companies you can really trust to put their money where their mouth is, but Lastpass is probably one of them, but it doesn't matter because the way their software is designed all of that all of that password data is stored locally on devices and not in in a cloud or something like that. I don't know exactly how all of that works, but You just have one master password that can be as complicated as you want and you install some sort of two-factor authentication, not text messaging, something like an actual authenticator app. And, you know, then you re- you're you required to enter that code every time you want to access your passwords or you can remember your, dev- your personal laptop or whatever if you want. But so even that
2: that's too complicated. You just lost a lot of people because that is too complicated <laughs> for people, you know? And that's scary because that's super easy. It's a well, Chrome extension. And, and, and for an some app. of it, it's like bank account information, you know, like serious stuff that you don't want to get hacked that people just can't even be bothered to care to secure it. And then they get robbed and they're like, oh, how did how did this
0: happen? I used to be bad about that. I had like five passwords that I alternated between, but like for like banking applications and stuff like that, I used the super secure one that was basically, you know, a statement with a bunch of characters and with a bunch of symbols and numbers and stuff in it and capital letters. So it, it was a reused password, but it was still a complicated one. Yeah, my bank account password is like 40 characters long. <laughs> see, that's the, that's what I love so much about LastPass, though, is I have no idea how long some of these are because... It can Let me make a 512 long character password if I want to. And I'm like, well, yeah, sure. Why not? Make it extra secure, right? With all sorts of uppercase letters, numbers, symbols. To me, symbols. though, if it's
2: not stored in my brain, I feel like I can't trust it. And I probably can. I'm sure LastPass is very secure. But <sighs> I just, the paranoia in me sure. is just like, nope. That's,
1: that's how I feel, too. And I know it's illogical, but I feel the same exact way. Ian is always like, why don't you use your LastPass? And I'm just like, because I can just remember a really complicated, like a few really complicated passwords. Maybe I shouldn't be saying this on the air, but that's what I do.
0: But, but I mean, if it's like a sentence or something like that, th- there's nothing wrong with that because I mean, it's um, a lot of people use sentences that are like 40, 50, 60 characters, and it's easy to remember some of them. Sometimes there's, you know, um, Lead speak or whatever, where they use numbers instead of letters or whatever. But if you can do that, it's not necessarily a problem. It's the reusing of passwords that can become an issue. But then mm. again, if your password is sufficiently complicated and you're not entering it into like the public library computer or whatever, <laughs> you're probably you know on fairly safe grounds.
1: Yeah, and after the Fed stole all my phones, I switched from all the passwords I used to use. I used to use the same passwords that I used... Like alternative al- alternatives of the same type of password that I started using when I started my first Neopets account when I was oh, like seven. God.
0: I suspect that's true of most people, right? I mean <laughs> Probably. until they actually sit down to analyze their security and like, wow, I came up with that password when I was in the seventh grade. It might be time <laughs> to change that or whatever. But I mean, the the heart of the matter is that if you want to be secure, there's a convenience trade off. Like if I want to go log into my banking app or whatever, I'm going to have to first sign into LastPass, enter a two-factor authentication code. Well, first I'm going to have to enter that password, enter a two-factor authentication code, then copy the password from LastPass, into the banking app and then then probably get another two-factor authentication. That To be secure like that, that, that takes me a long time. Most people just want to... Uh, most people don't even want to unlock their phone. They just want to swipe to unlock or whatever and have it happen automatically. Yeah. I'm not a fan of that or any of the... You know, or they want to use a thumbprint or they just want their phone to automatically unlock when they look at it you got to trade off that stuff. And we're going to talk more about lockdown mode and what it can and can't do. 603-283-6160 if you'd like to join us. Again, that number six zero three two eight three
3: six one six zero. 603-283-6160. Do you lock down your phone? Do you think it's worth it? It's Free Talk Live. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values?
0: It is Free Talk Live, and I want to say thank you to Corey, who was yesterday's amplifier. This means that Corey is a member of the Amps program. You can find that at amps.freetalklive.com. Amps stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. So if you value the show and the ideas of liberty reaching close to 200 radio stations and always hoping to add more, then you might consider joining the Amps program. That's the best way to do that. That's amps.freetalklive.com. It only takes $5 per month that gets you in it. it. does come with a number of cool little perks, like there's the Amp Only Matrix chat, there's an Amp Only Facebook group, and some other cool stuff, so check it out. And Corey, thanks so much for your contributions. Let's go to the phones, however. We have Suzanne, who is on the line from Florida. Suzanne is the founder and owner of TruthSmacks. That's truthsmax.com. You may have heard us talking about them here on Free Talk Live intermittently over the last several I think about two months now Suzanne welcome to the show
4: um, thank you Arya thank you for having me on um just wanted to give your listeners an update
0: um, <laughs> yeah because there has been some confusion i I'm, uh, based uh, about where exactly truthsmack stands and all I know we're doing a yeah. farewell 15 I believe if people go to mm-hmm. truthsmacks.com that's farewell 15 to get 15 percent off orders and a free small bag for every 10 ounce ordered. So, so what is going on here? Uh, fill me in.
4: Well, so that coupon code is still good. Um, and we'll be honored and the free, um, small bag as well with every large bag order. But, um, yeah, so, you know, it's just been a real struggle for some time and, uh, financially I just didn't feel I could keep it going because I was always putting more in than I was getting it was just you know sure uh, it was just I loved I love what I've created and I, I everyone who tries it they love it um, so I, I'm proud of what I made but it yeah it was um becoming burdensome so I thought oh I'm just gonna I don't know I'm just gonna walk away or I'm gonna sell it I just you know, I was overwhelmed. <laughs>
1: well, it's I mean, best welcome. to choose yourself, like choose what's best for you. And yeah, sure. I think it reached a lot, a lot of people. I, I really liked uh, reading them, reading the quotes on the bag uh, when I first got them. Thank in. you. It, was it re- is really an good. awesome product. Yeah.
0: And it's but not easy you. to walk away from something <laughs> that you've built up like that, right? So,
1: Well,
4: right, exactly. It's not. And that's why I've been just going around and around in circles in my mind. What should I do? I don't want to give it up. I put my life savings into it. I put all this time and energy into it, and I'm, I'm proud of it. Um, but uh, so I announced on Facebook uh, going out of business sale, and I gave the Farewell 15 coupon code and the outreach was just overwhelming people saying oh please don't give up and people placing big orders and saying please just oh that's nice it's not yeah people have been so so supportive and
0: that's really great news i mean it's it saddens me that you know it came to that before because i i started a small it business you know years ago and all of my friends and family—they loved the idea, right? But none of them were willing to yeah. hire me to do IT work or anything like that. And you know, when I was trying to start a band, they all liked the idea, but none of them were going to buy one of my yeah. songs or anything like that. Until I was like, "All right, right, guys, I'm giving it up."
4: Very frustrating. And then it's like mm. there's
0: the guilt trip aspect to it, it. I realize that's not what you were trying to do, but I mean, people shouldn't no. be—if well, they support exactly. you, they—they they shouldn't have to, you know, be guilted into supporting you. They should just support you. Well.
4: Exactly. And so as soon as people started ordering, I immediately contacted everyone who placed an order, which there were only like five people, but they were large orders. And I was grateful. And I said, look, there's a 10% chance I might not go out of business because of all the support I'm getting. <laughs> and... Um, so I just want to let you know, and you can revoke your order, and I will honor that. And they said, no, no, I want the order. I want it to go through. I want to support you. I've been meaning to do it for some time. In fact, oh, so nice. uh, I know, and one of your listeners ordered with crypto, which was awesome.
0: Pretty <laughs> cool. I did not realize that Smacks takes crypto. I'm going to have to update the yeah. the live read here to make a note of that. So. So, what are you leaning toward at the moment? I mean, are, are, is this an endeavor mm-hmm. that you wish to continue pursuing?
4: I, yeah, I do. Um, you know, if if I can just manage to support myself <laughs> in the in the process. So, yeah, I am gonna double down. I don't want to go back to Korea because you know I was I, I was interviewed for a university position over there. That's where I was the last twenty years, but mm-hmm. I left. Why? because of the stupid mask I couldn't Mm. take it 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 was draining it was it's like a slave muzzle it is a slave muzzle I don't like it at all I it it does no good in my opinion um (laughs) and so it's just draining and the thought of having to wear a a slave muzzle a face diaper again I don't want to do it so I'm gonna do what it takes to stay here Find a job that I enjoy that'll pay the bills and keep two snacks going on the side. I'm determined.
2: It is hard awesome. to go back to jobs with the masks after you've been freed from that because I know I had to wear a yeah. mask at the hospital and it was kind of like, well, it was happening. It's like, oh, this sucks, but whatever. And then once I yeah. stopped working that job <laughs> and I didn't have to even like to wear one to go on an airplane, it's like, I'm dying. Yeah. This is, I can't breathe. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's hard to go back to that.
0: Well, Suzanne, it uh,
5: is.
0: thank you so much for the update. I hope it continues working out. Of course, people can find that at truthsmacks.com. And you know, I I want you to continue this. I mean, if that's what you want to do, but it is, it is also true that you know a large number of business owners, when they're they're starting their business, they do still work a full time or a part time yeah. job or something like that to pay the bills. So
2: it's hard to start up your own business. I, mean, I know I've done it. Or I've tended to do it
0: a few times,
2: and it's not easy, and it takes a lot of money. So, especially when that has a product, right? Like yeah. my IT
0: firm was expensive to get going, and that was just services, right? I wasn't trying to sell anything, so I didn't have to have you know forty, fifty thousand dollars worth of inventory or whatever. I just had to be able to do what I was trying to do. But when you're trying to actually have a product like TruthSmacks dot com is, that's even more of an investment that you need. Yeah, absolutely. So, thank you so much, Suzanne. That's TruthSmacks.com. Evidently, now you can pay with cryptocurrency. I don't know if you have to... I guess I should have kept you on to get an answer to that. I, I imagine you're probably not using BitPay or something like that on your website at this point. Or AnyPay has a WordPress plugin. But either way, go to TruthSmacks.com if you want to find out more about it. They're, the reason they're called TruthSmacks, for those who haven't been paying attention, is that each bag has a number of truth oriented quotes or freedom oriented quotes on the back because there is also a freedom variety of truth smacks. And I'm,
1: oh, I Oh, I don't think that we've had those ones.
0: The freedom variety ones?
1: Yeah, I don't think so.
0: I think it's just got different quotes on them. I don't know or maybe it's that the original flavor are the truth quotes and the peppermint infused are the freedom quotes. Hmm. I I don't know. I'm not a big truth I'm not a big, you know, Trail Mix kind of person, but that's what Truth Smacks is. It's it's Trail Mix and it's it's all organic. Well, I don't know if it's all organic, but it's not that none of this process overly processed. Crap. I think
1: she did say it was organic. I, I really like uh, trail mix in general. Me and Ian eat a lot of it and we really like truth smacks. In fact, we just ate our last one. So I'm sure we'll be buying some more really soon, especially since they're not going out of business now. That makes me really happy.
0: Yep, that's truthsmax.com. I remember, you know, like I said, I'm not a big fan of trail mix, but we did have like four or five bags that Suzanne brought up to us for at, at the Free Talk Live booth at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. And, you know, people would come up and they would just hang out and they would just, you know, snack on them. They were gone mm. before ForkFest Eva started.
2: So I looked into how you pay with crypto and she just has QR codes nice. up there that you scan to oh, pay. Nice. Okay. And that's what it appears like. She has Monero, Bitcoin Cash... Pirate chain, wow. regular Bitcoin.
0: So nice. That, that is awesome. Monero for trail mix, man. Yep. I love it. Suzanne, thank you, thank you so much for the great work you're doing out there. I, I'm impressed. I mean, I don't believe she was taking cryptocurrency prior to the Porcupine Freedom Festival because she was there. And, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, She's she, interviewed on yeah. the show. Cool. And now she takes
1: cryptocurrency. I don't know. Maybe those two things are related. And she's smart for being happy about taking crypto now while it's down because some businesses are like, oh, it's down. I don't want to accept it right now. That's when you want to accept it. That's, right when, you That's when, accept when you it. want it.
0: to accept That's it. That's how you make money. 603-283-6160 if you want to weigh in here. We're going to talk more about what you can do to protect yourselves from government intrusion at 603-283-6160. It is Free Talk Live it is free talk live what are your tips to keep safe from hostile actors government intrusion maybe just miscellaneous black hat hackers out there that are trying to spread malware and stuff like that. 603-283-6160 if you want to weigh in. That's 603-283-6160. I've never had one of my personal computers, I don't think. Um, Not since I was like in the ninth grade or maybe the eighth grade, hit with any viruses or ransomware or any of this other nonsense. And it's not because... I'm doing anything, you know, I, I don't run antivirus software. What I, I hated that about running an IT company, right? Like, in any time a customer got hit with a virus, that, that was always their first question. Well, I thought I had an antivirus, right? Which is like the equivalent of, you know, asking how, how did you get HIV if you always used protection, right? It's, okay, these things are not foolproof or whatever. Mm. And just, you know... That's what people tend to think when they when it comes to antivirus. It's, it's bloatware at this point. It's feel-good software that just slows your computer down and achieves absolutely nothing. You know what's really
2: fun? When I was maybe like 14 or something, I downloaded an antivirus software that turned out to be a virus. Hmm. And I'm like 14 years old, not really knowing any better. And I'm like, oh, this sounds like a great idea. I should download some antivirus software because I'm like using LimeWire and stuff like that. Sure. And it totally gave me a virus. And it was... Yeah, so
1: I learned my lesson. So what is the point? Why do people want to give other people's computers viruses, and what do they get out of it? Well,
0: ransomware is the most popular one these days. It encrypts your files, and you're like, hey, give me some cryptocurrency, and I will decrypt your files for you. And in my experience, having dealt with this in the past for clients, they do decrypt your files. I don't know if this is still true, because now there's a lot of imitators and stuff like that, and... Mm -hmm. You know, initially in the early days, they had to have a good reputation of, hey, if you actually paid the ransom, they would decrypt your files. Otherwise, no one would ever pay the ransom, right? But I suspect that at this point, 10 years later, however long it's been, it's less likely that they're going to actually decrypt your files. So that's one thing they get out. They also, identity theft, they gain access to your bank accounts mm-hmm. on occasion or, well, you know, your credit card information or whatever, because a lot of like... Google Chrome, it has most people's credit card saved data saved into it, uh, and
2: that's another thing that kills me. Don't do that. Yeah, that's such a bad idea. I can it, not even hackers. Uh, someone else can, if your computer is open, just go on your computer and start buying stuff with your credit card. It's just, yep, it doesn't make sense.
1: One thing that is so annoying to me is, um, on my iPhone, every time I type in a password, it asks me, "Do you want to, me to save your password?" And I'm just, yeah, like, that's no. so annoying. Yeah, I hate, I hate that
2: when it does as well. that too.
0: But one thing, one of the more bizarre things I learned when doing IT work was that the best antivirus software out there sounded like it was a virus, right? <laughs> like super anti com, right? You think, oh, God, that's got to be spyware, right? That's got to <laughs> be a virus. No, it was one of the best virus remover tools out there. And like... Uh, Root kits were a major problem with Windows XP back in the day, and I still don't even understand what a root kit even was, but there was like only one tool that actually took care of it, and it was called Combo Fix, right? Like you go Sounds to, legit. Yeah, you go to PCRepair.com and you install their tool or whatever, and it's going to fix everything. But no, th- it actually worked, and it was not a virus. But so
1: RootKit is a virus?
0: It, it's a type of virus. Hmm. I, I haven't run into it since Windows XP, so it may have been a type of virus that was unique to you know that era. Hmm. But I mean, Windows Vista, Windows 7, all of these operating systems since, I mean, they still get viruses, I'm sure, but... I don't do IT work anymore, and I I don't generally hang out with people who you know download you know video players from porn dot com or whatever. So it's I I don't hear about too many viruses.
1: Um. So why don't Linuxes get viruses.
0: Because no one uses them. I mean, if you're going to write a virus, you're going to write it for the operating system used by 99% of people instead of one. There are Linux viruses out there, but first of all, your average Linux user, yes, they're more knowledgeable than your average PC user. And that's
2: the thing, too. Probably most people that are using Linux aren't going to click on the find hot Asians in your area, you
0: know? Sure. Sure. I mean, and it's difficult to make Linux do anything that you kind of want it to do to be... Like, I used to run a Linux Mint, and Mint is like the most Windows-ish of the Linux operating systems. Ubuntu used to be the more popular one, but it got replaced with Mint. And Mint is very, very similar, but like with Windows... If I want to use a VPN, my preferred VPN, which I can't use right now due to legal conditions, but it was WinScribe, and they had a nice little app. It's also available for mobile. You know, you just install it on your phone or you install it on your computer. You you click the button. Not to turn on it Linux, on and you're good to go. No, on Linux, there's this <laughs> long command line thing, and then you have to enter all of the uh, all of these settings. Through command line, whereas with Windows you have this nice little graphical interface you click the drop Next. down and connect to Singapore yeah. or whatever here you're, you're manually typing in you're, you're looking up country codes and stuff like that on the internet it's completely un- that was speaking of inconvenience in the name of security yeah. and, and Winscribe was like, we support Linux right <laughs> sure you do <laughs> I mean technically it was true other VPNs like ExpressVPN or Nord VPN you can't even run them on Linux. Hmm. But Winscribe, you could—I love Winscribe, by the way. Uh, if you go to look them up on Facebook, they—they they do have a Facebook page, and it just says if you're seeing this, then you don't take security seriously. <laughs> that's enough. awesome. There was one point where, I mean, back when I was using, they would—it was—I don't remember what it was—but they had really clever messaging, like Winscribe. They're cheap and they take cryptocurrency. It's like thirty dollars for a year service oh, and wow. like unlimited mm, data. And I'm not being paid to say this, and I haven't been able to pay Winscribe in like two years now, but. I use them for a reason. They're great, and they actually take things seriously, and they take cryptocurrency. You get a year's VPN for like thirty dollars in Bitcoin cash, man. What's not to love about that? I might switch. Yeah, it, sold. I, you sold me. It, I, I think it's worth it, right? And it is available for mobile as well. So I mean, is it
1: win like you win or wind?
0: Wind. Like yeah w i n d is it 's a cool little app, and I loved it, but you know it it was difficult to use on linux, and i 'm not a novice when it comes to computers right i I know my way around a computer i did not linux though hmm. like I, I play a lot of video games, and this is primarily why I use PC. And people are like, you shouldn't be using Windows at all. I was like, okay, well, look, when when Resident Evil Village runs on Linux, give me a call. Right? Like, well, <laughs> technically, you can run on Linux, yes, at like three frames per second, right? Yeah. Sure. Hmm. Sure, I, I could render it on this notepad with a pen and paper, too, and say that I'm playing it if that's really what I want to do.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's been instances where I was trying to download something on my computer, and it was so difficult that I just used Matt's computer instead because he runs Windows. I'm like it's not even worth it for me to take the time to figure this out. I'm just going to use a different uh whatever software.
0: But uh, but that so that's why you know there are fewer viruses written for Linux uh, because fewer people use Linux and you know the t- the average Linux user is not going to, you know, click on the ad for hot Asian singles near them or whatever.
1: <laughs> oh, I just thought that it couldn't get viruses. That's what I thought from like I don't know. Ian always says Linux doesn't get viruses. Well,
2: that's the same thing they used to say about Apple's too. That was hmm. like the thing yeah. about Apple's, like, oh, they don't, they have really good um, virus protection.
0: I mean, that's true for Windows now as well. Since Microsoft Security Essentials came along with Windows Vista, and now they have um, an actual Windows Defender and stuff like that. But there was, there were antitrust reasons that were keeping Microsoft from being able to write an antivirus because you got to. Microsoft knows what their operating system should... Well, no, they don't. Microsoft are idiots. But Mm-mm. in general, you know, you would expect a corporation to know what its operating system is going to be doing at any given moment. So they would be the best ones to write antivirus software for that operating system. But I don't remember the specifics, but it was something, some kind of antitrust nonsense that was preventing them from doing it. And wow. they'd use some backdoor through Microsoft security essentials or something. The I government
1: don't, keeping us safe.
0: Yeah, essentially that... <laughs>
1: But I'm there there are ways. I mean, safe. just
0: like I'm I'm running Windows 10 now. I've been running it for a long time. I I'm sure Windows 10 gets viruses, but I don't. I'm not doing anything particular to try to keep myself safe from viruses or anything like that. You know, I used to da- download plenty of torrents and stuff like that. But you know, if you're downloading um, Halloween Kills or whatever, and you find that you know it's 134 megabytes, I, you know, that's probably not the movie, and mm-hmm. it's probably just a virus. You know. Or if you're going to install a a game or something like that, and it pops up as you know 16 kilobytes, this just set off some flags. But most people don't look for things like that. Hmm. The biggest thing that people can do to keep themselves from getting viruses is to go into file options. Just go to open your file explorer, that little folder icon, hit Alt, hit Options, and turn on turn off hide known file extensions. Because it's like PDFs and Word docs and stuff like that. They all use the same file extensions and a lot of viruses, they hide that. They pretend to be .doc or .pdf or whatever, but when you double-click it, it actually installs this virus or whatever. And you would catch that if you weren't hiding the known file extension because you would see .exe at the end of it. you go, oh, well, that's that's actually a virus. That's probably the best thing people can do, but that's not going to help you from the government. Apple thinks they can protect you from the government. I'm not convinced that anyone can, and I think that's all the more reason that the government should be abolished. But 603-283-6160, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we need this government overreach. Maybe Israel actually needs spyware. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, where you're invited to control the airwaves, talk about whatever is important to you, 603-283-6160, if you would like to do that. Again, that's 603-283-6160. I'm with you tonight, it's Aria, Bonnie, and Nikki, and we've been talking about Apple here and their attempts to keep people safe from government intrusions. I don't think they're going to be successful, but you know they want to do this, and I think that's good, right? And I think they're accurately portraying the issue as being governments and government overreach and things like that. I mean, the, the very fact that the Israeli government has not one, but at least two spyware organization. I, I don't know what you would call them. The spy agencies that are making spyware that has allegedly compromised tens of thousands of iPhones. That's an issue in and of itself. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. if you want to weigh in on that.
1: It's it's weird because the United States they had to be uh you know per- pushed and until they admitted that they had an NSA. But the NSA just spies on Americans, right? It would be weird if we had a and maybe we do, but it it would be weird if the NSA had like a stated mission on of spying on other countries.
0: They probably do. Oh, sorry Nikki. I was just saying they probably do. Isn't I think the CIA is for spying on other countries, right? Yeah, well, and the NSA spies on Americans, if I remember did correctly. Did they admit that, though? This, which part?
1: Uh, the CIA goes out and... Well, I guess they're... Gathering intelligence, they just hide it behind the word intelligence.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think it's well known that the CIA is out there spying on the Russians and the Chinese and the, the Iranians. I'm,
1: well, that's how they keep us safe, right?
0: Well, that's how they create worldwide shenanigans at the at the very least. I I, I don't
1: think I've what been made safe. Other countries bad, United States government good. Well, that's oh, all
0: right. I forgot. Yeah, that's certainly what the U.S. propaganda would like us to believe, right? But when I look at these. These evil monsters allying themselves against one another. I just don't see any good guys in the in the picture here. It's one evil organization fighting another evil organization. That's one of the things that always confused me about Pestilence. I mean, Mark Edge, when he went on this anti-Chinese rampage, but it wasn't really a rampage, but he became very anti-China for a very long time. When was time. this? Um, it was, was shortly before the raid. Whenever but, all the okay. other
1: conservatives did
0: yeah, he he became convinced that China was like going to take over the world and they were going to, you know, take, they were using TikTok to spy uh, on us and all of this other kind of it nonsense. might be true. I mean, it may be true, sure, but...
1: Oh, yeah, I remember Ian and Mark fighting about it. It was just an Ian and Mark episode like a few weeks before I met you guys. Sure,
0: but I mean, it was a, thing. I don't even remember where I was going with it. I don't remember how I got
1: started talking Just about Just that Mark is all against the Chinese government, like it's oh, somehow yes. worse. Yeah,
0: that, that's exactly it. I guess I kind of understand where he's coming from and that the Chinese government... Because we're not Chinese, they would probably oppress us more. Mm. I mean, based on what they're doing to the Uyghur Muslims, probably. Yeah. But I also haven't really seen anything out of the Chinese government that suggests they actually want to deal with the headache that would be conquering the United States. Well, yeah.
2: and you know what? I'm more worried about the U.S. government because those are the people that are currently you know, Oppressing attacking us. us.
0: Yes. Yeah. Absolutely, but let's go to the phones. We have Renee on the line from Louisiana. Renee, you're on Free Talk Live.
6: Yeah, can, can I make a comment on that Chinese thing? Absolutely. Uh, it's uh, you got, it's like the cup, the cup half full, the cup half empty uh, analogy, is the lesser of evils. Usually, the jerks who live right next to you are more in tune to appease you because you could grab at them then the jerks on the other side of the sea that has no apologies how much they will flood your markets with garbage that don't work because I do believe China won't be involved in everything anyhow they don't know how because they do send a lot of junk that don't work over here unlike the Japanese that said better products here. But it's that's my analogy. The jerks over there will do us more harm because they don't have to answer to us at the end of the day. They're over there. The I, ones here, if we get mad enough, they, they kind of have to be nice to us because we're out here with them.
1: Do, does the, you know, the federal government all the way in Washington, D.C. really have to be nice to you in Louisiana? Like, they're not going to have any personal, you know, responsibility well, if they do anything to you, honestly.
6: If we're getting together, Louisiana has the choke points to the Mississippi and a lot of the all resources. I mean, us in Texas, we are the we are the gas tank of the country. If we got mad enough and organized.
0: I don't disagree with the assessment. I mean, every government throughout human history and every government in the world today requires the consent of their citizens. Even the Chinese government requires its people to consent to the rule of that government. Now, it's true that they're not whether they want to consent. They're consenting because they may or may not have a choice, which isn't really consent. But. Every government persists because its people have not revolted against it yet.
1: Yeah, I, I hate to immediately feel extremely pessimistic whenever people say, yeah, well, if we ganged up against the government, because it is true, if if we ganged up, I mean, not ganged up, if we stood up for our own rights, then the government would have no power. It's just that it seems so out of reach with the average state of people's minds nowadays because of the government indoctrination from public school to television to pretty much every single thing people consume. And people are
0: cowards. I, I think that gets overlooked a lot. Pe- yeah. pe- people are chickens. They're cowardly. And I really wish I could say what I think about the average people. But I think about the the nine eleven hijackings and the, the fact that, you know, uh, like three or four terrorists took over these airliners filled with Perhaps hundreds of people who mm. sat there knowing that they were about to die and did nothing about it, Ho- hoping that somehow things were going point. hold on, dude, hoping that things were going to somehow be OK. They were terrified of being that one person standing up and possibly getting cut with that box cutter or whatever mm-hmm. that they just sat there or- letting it happen. Yeah, I
2: mean, I don't know what yeah. I would do in that situation. That's a really tough position to be in.
0: I'm not saying I would do otherwise, right? I I have no idea. I've never been in a situation like that, but...
1: You could do something else if you were allowed to have a gun on you. That's what's keeping people...
0: Well, I mean, then you depressurize the cabin as well, and then the plane crashes anyway. You don't want (laughs) to shoot shoot an airplane, I mean, a gun while you're in an airplane, or Mm -hmm. at least not, you know, 30,000 feet or whatever. I, I mean that's the same thing that's going to happen no one wants to be that one person sticking their neck out there for the government to you know behead them mm. because that's what they're going to do sure if you know 50 people had swamped the hijackers at once they would have overpowered them but if one person had done it and no one else did well they they just died a little bit faster than everyone else mm. but you know the, the worst that happened to them was they they died a little faster than everyone else so it's a difficult thing renee I'm, yeah, I that wasn't what you called in to, to that wasn't what you called in to talk about though, right?
6: Well, no, I kind of spontaneously threw that in there. Uh, my thing is uh, Bitcoin. Uh, if I had a lot of money, I'd invest in it because I wouldn't want to miss on anything. But I'm real skeptical on Bitcoin because of the history of uh, technology. Like the Enigma code was broken, Deep Purple was broken. Uh, who's to say a government? That could send men to the moon or back, or their competitors? They'll find some supercomputer, something to devalue and just ruin. Well, they haven't all yet. Time and effort and money we invested.
0: Yeah, it's a fair question, Renee. And there is a video on about this exact subject on library. That's LBRY. I watched it a number of years ago. Hmm. Uh, basically, uh, the the end result was that, you know, quantum computing aside, because we don't know what possibilities will exist for quantum computing. But in classical computing, as we understand it, it would take a computer roughly the size of a galaxy in order to crack bitcoin wow and it's not even the most secure of the cryptocurrencies but that's the level of processing power it would take in order to truly and they, you know they broke down the math and all of that and i can't do it here on the radio and you know, even if i wanted to it's just a lot of zeros and stuff like that but look it up on lbry that's library i think it's library.io is the website you can probably find it on youtube as well just look at how long would it take to crack bitcoin or google something along those lines and i'm sure you'll find the video it's it may be possible once they actually invent quantum computing and, you know, then we can have a computer that powerful, but it fits in the palm of your hand or whatever. But right now, computing, as we understand it, it's not possible to hack cryptocurrency that could change in the future. I mean, you're not wrong. But then again, we could find an asteroid made out of solid gold that would you know destroy the value of gold as well. We can't predict the future. We can just operate on a few assumptions. There's more coming up. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk live, where you're invited to take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever is on your mind, 603-283-6160, if you want to do that, that's 603-283-6160. And with you tonight, it's Aria, Nikki, and Bonnie. And I want to tell you about Freedom Fest, July the 13th through the 16th, Mark uh, Edge is going to be joining thousands of passionate defenders of liberty at the Mirage in Las Vegas for Freedom Fest. The theme for this year's conference is Turning the Tide, and there's a lot to discuss from Bitcoin to gold, economics, philosophy. Use our special code at freedomfest.com to get $50 off the regular rate. FTL50, that's freedomfest.com, and use code FTL50. There you'll be able to watch a number of awesome speakers, people like John Cleese, Steve Forbes, Rand Paul, Andrew Yang, for some weird reason. Glenn Greenwald and more, including Justin Amos. Check it out. That's... That's Freedom Fest. I almost said Freedoms Phoenix, just out of, mm. out of sheer habit. Yeah. So I had to pause my, what am I talking about? Quick Ernie yeah. plug. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Freedom's Freedomfest.com, use code FTL50. I,
1: I had to block Andrew Yang on Twitter for something so stupid that he said, and I can't remember what it is, so I just don't understand why he's going to a Freedom Fest, but whatever.
0: I don't know anything about Andrew Yang, except he supported like a $1,000 UBI or something like that. That's the main was, thing I think of, too when he was running for president. But when I ran for sheriff, I ended up on a show with some leftists who had like Yang gang banners in the background. Like they were hardcore, you know, Yang supporters. And yeah, they were reasonable people. I ended up reaching them with the idea that, you know, the state is a religious entity. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, some of these people, there, there is some crossover between libertarian ideas and these leftist ideas. I'm really curious why Andrew Yang is going to be there. I think libertarians should spend more time reaching out to leftists because there's a lot of common ground between libertarians and people on the left.
2: Absolutely, and I think sometimes we get too caught up in these echo chambers where it's like, I only want to talk to people who have the same exact beliefs as me, but I think that's boring. You know, it's nice to have conversations with people that disagree, and maybe I could learn something from it. Maybe they could learn something from it.
1: I think the most boring thing on earth is Libertarians talking to conservatives, and and conservatives thinking they're basically a libertarian, and the libertarian being like, "Oh yeah, I guess I, no, I, I don't offensive. think there's any. I really, really can't stand the fact that I, I don't even want to call myself a libertarian anymore because basically that word means conservative. Basically, the word libertarian yeah. colloquial colloquial I can't colloquially say how, yes means that is a conservative. Mouthful, yeah, yeah,
2: I it can, is. I I feel like the term libertarian has become very watered down.
1: Yeah, that's From why I like, usually say anarchist, but I yeah. I get that there's like bad connotation. But that's not, honestly those people's, uh, you know, problem for not knowing what a word means and thinking it means something it doesn't. So I don't really care what other people think. I feel the most like an anarchist. Yeah, I agree with
2: that, and I also don't really care if I offend people or if I say something to describe myself and they don't really understand it. Again, like you said, that's their problem, not mine. Yeah, most I-
1: people don't read.
0: I find it's helpful. To to use jarring language because, you know, if you tell people I'm a volunteerist or whatever, they're not going to know what that means either. And they're not Mm -hmm. going to know what anarchist means either. But when you say anarchist, you know, that hits them in a way that the word libertarian or volunteerist or menarchist or whatever won't hit them. yeah well Just like when I say I'm a Satanist instead of, you know, I'm an atheist or whatever because it hits them so much harder and it makes them pause and think, wait a minute, what did this person just say? I need clarification. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I I was just going to say up until a few years ago, I thought that libertarians were just conservatives that liked guns more. Seriously, I had no clue what the term actually meant. I just, and I always fell in line with being an anarchist. That's how I always described myself or apolitical or just, I always knew I, I always had libertarian philosophies, but I just didn't know that they were libertarian
0: philosophies. I honestly wish I could go back in time a little bit to uh, what, what was it, 2012 or 2016? Gary Johnson's last run for president. I don't. 2016. Remember. That was 2016. It was 2015 when they were having the libertarian presidential debate. John Stossel was hosting it on Fox News or whatever, and you know. I wish I could go back to what I believed then, because I remember thinking, why am I even going to waste time watching this? They're libertarians. What could they possibly disagree on? Yeah, and, a yeah, lot. Right. <laughs> and to my amazement, the issue wasn't, you know, whether they disagreed on libertarian policy or whatever. To me, it was a debate about who was and wasn't a libertarian. And watching the three of them, it was John John McAfee, Austin Peterson, and Gary Johnson Only one of those three people was an actual libertarian, and that was McAfee, yeah, who ended up getting whacked, hashtag whacked, in a prison in Spain, I think it was. So, I mean, it it was, that was my take on libertarianism. It's like, okay, well, you know, it's just, you apply the non-aggression principle to the issue, and that's libertarianism. And then I watched that, that debate, I was like, oh, wow, okay, so... The Libertarian Party is this big tent phenomenon. And then I learned about the, the Dallas Accord and the Portland Massacre and this long, tedious, arduous, complicated history of people arguing about the most useless, pedantic stuff. Well, And then I found out about New Hampshire, where liberty is actually gathering and making stuff happen. And now I look back and I see these people still arguing about libertarian philosophy online. I'm like, you people are wasting not just your time, you're wasting your lives.
1: Well, and that's
2: the thing. People can just like, don't argue about it online,
0: live it. Yes.
1: Well, but- I mean, when a conversation comes up, I'm probably going to get involved in a discussion about it. The thing is, I know I'm not arguing because I, if you know a fact and you present it to another person, whether they accept it or not is really not my problem. And I just like to spread truth. So
2: Well, and I'm not necessarily saying don't argue with people online. Definitely argue with people online if that's what you want to do. I mean, it's fun but I, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, but I think people should also be... Like, it doesn't make any sense to argue about things online, but to not be living that message.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. It's like, what's
0: the point? My favorite one was after the recent uh, Libertarian Convention in Reno where, like the Mises caucus takeover happened, and then suddenly there's all these libertarians on Twitter and Facebook, you know, burning their their little membership cards and talking about how the party is dead and all this stuff. I'm just like, this... I, I almost... I pity them because, like, man, this... These poor misguided souls, this crap really meant a lot to them. Like, (laughs) they really cared about this stupid convention about these pedantic autists down there in Reno, Nevada. Like, it was a big deal to them. And I'm looking around here at New Hampshire where, like, libertarians are actually doing stuff and achieving stuff where we just had a constitutional amendment proposed that would allow the people of New Hampshire to vote on the idea of peaceful independence. And uh, then I look at them arguing about whether or not they want to have... The word is in this particular <laughs> plank or that particular plank, and is the the kind of people who love that Robert's Rules of Order nonsense. Yes, you you people keep doing your thing, that weird thing down there in Nevada. And okay? there are some
1: people in New Hampshire that do that, and they're the ones that we send off to Nevada to argue that. <laughs> <about.
0: laughs> Excellently put. It, it, then apparently they get COVID and they you know end up eating $40 hot wings or whatever. I, I didn't follow that full thing. I just know it was ridiculous. As most things are when it comes to the National Libertarian Party. I mean, the alternative is to come here and actually do stuff, to make stuff happen instead of arguing about policy online, which you know, it's not a book group. It's not a book club. Libertarianism was not supposed to be a book club. And if that's what it is to you, then you're probably the reason why it's not achieving anything. That, that because the numbers just aren't there, let's be honest. 603-283-6160. It is Free Talk Live. Live and you are invited to take control of the airwaves. 603-283-6160 if you would like to weigh in. Again, the number six zero three two eight three six one six zero. 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. Nikki. And Bonnie. And we've been talking about security and different ways that people can keep themselves safe, uh, at least from hostile actors that are non-governmental. When it comes to keeping yourself safe from the government, there really isn't a whole lot that can be done that is within the grasp of your average user. There's things like VeraCrypt, which you know you, you can use to encrypt files. Or, and VeraCrypt is a continuation of something, some other encryption. I don't remember the full history of it, but there was something else, and then it forked and created VeraCrypt, which is open source, if I remember correctly, allowing people to encrypt their entire hard drives that they weren't sure Encryption's great. It's the only tool that we have to defend ourselves against government overreach and government spying. And the reason I think it probably continues to hold up is because governments are repeatedly trying to pass laws to ban encryption and things wow. of that nature because well, they can't be, break it.
1: What could even be their argument that they make to act like that that's for your own good? That's so, so Terrorists. clearly bad. Yeah, terrorists. that's the
0: classic one. It's, yeah. it's always terrorists, right? Well, terrorists are using encryption to keep themselves hidden from the FBI or whatever. So we need these back doors to it. That was that was the excuse they've always used and I mean that they used with Apple and others. I, I don't remember exactly who, but I, they've certainly done it in the past. There's things like VeraCrypt and things like that. Um, some models of Android phone will allow you to encrypt the entire device. Some won't. Uh, as I understand it, it's... It's not a feature on my latest phone, but phones I've used in the past allow me to encrypt them. So I don't know if it's just a, a thing where Samsung was like, okay, government, yeah, we're sorry. We, we won't allow people to encrypt their phones anymore. I have no idea, right? And at the moment, I'm not legally able to look into it in the first place. And it's kind of irrelevant to me at this point anyway. But it, there, there aren't a lot of good options. Signal and Telegram, we, we got the file that was released by the FBI, and it was it it was publicly available. It's not like we hear at Free Talk Live someone gave us us or anything like that. No, it was on the internet. The FBI leaked it, and I think the New York Times covered it. The Washington Post covered it. So it was out there. Mainstream media was talking about it, and it listed all of these different apps and stuff like that, and how secure they were, and what the FBI could and couldn't get from them. It
1: was like kind of like a training document that they it put was, out yes. for other FBI agents.
0: And as it turned out, uh, Signal and Telegram were essentially tied there were you could get timestamps from one of them and you could get something else from the other but you couldn't get the message contents or anything like that from either signal or telegram and that's really the to have an encrypted uh, desktop to have an encrypted phone and to be using signal and telegram that's really the best you can do and that's not going to stop the government if they want to from sending you know a message to sprint or at&t or whoever saying hey look we we need to hack this person's phone and so and we don't have any options so we have to do it at the carrier level and then at&t or whoever will provide them access directly into your phone i mean there's It's not, there's nothing that's foolproof out there except to just not use these devices or to not connect them to the internet, sadly.
2: And sometimes I hear people say, well, what are you hiding? What do you have to hide that you need to, you know, use all the security and and encrypt your things? And the truth is, so if somebody's, if you're changing and somebody's looking in your window at you, well, what do you have to hide? It's creepy. Don't, it's, it's, it's violating somebody's privacy. Don't do it. It's, it's makes sense like well close your curtains right so encryption is effectively you closing your curtains that's you know to your to your bedroom
0: that's the metaphor i always use as well i mean i think i use you know having sex or something like that but yeah people close their curtains when they're getting undressed and stuff like that i mean the very fact wearing clothes suggests they have something to hide, and that's not mm-hmm. necessarily the case either. There's plenty of naturalists out there who feel they don't have anything to hide, but putting clothes doesn't mean they have anything to hide. It just means they value some part of their bodily privacy, and we they have that right.
1: I always wonder about that subject because in my bathroom, there's just no way to cover the whole window if I want to leave the window open. And there's no vent in my bathroom. So I always want the window open. So I basically leave it completely open. And I'm always thinking, if somebody sees my boobs, I really don't care. And they shouldn't be looking into my bathroom window anyway. Am I at fault?
0: No, I feel where you're coming from. And, you know, I'm the same way with like my bodily privacy. I don't care a whole lot about that. Like, yeah. the way I have my AC installed in my bedroom with the curtain above it, th- there's a gap there. And, you know, I live on the highway. So, in theory, plenty of people could just be driving by and watching me change clothes at all the time. And I don't care, right? I mean, it means yeah. nothing to me that they see that. That said, I'm not taking the curtains down and I'm not going to do it out there in public. But a reasonable degree of privacy, I think, is. Can be expected in this situation, and if I was to cover up that with, you know, some other curtain or whatever, that doesn't mean the government should be like, "Oh no, you, you're, you're clearly hiding something." Yeah. What, what sort of depraved, illegal activities are you engaging in your bedroom in there that you don't want the government seeing? No, I just value my privacy. Thank you.
1: Uh, another tangent before we get into what we're actually talking about today. I had my privacy completely violated just because my boyfriend's under federal indictment. Isn't that, like, completely illegal? Like, I don't understand how it's legal. I never signed anything saying anytime my boyfriend's parole officer wants to come over, she can get a tour of the house, open the bedroom door I'm in, and just step in there and stare at me. Like, what the hell? I did- Why is that legal? That shouldn't be legal at all. I mean...
0: Well, I mean, it is complicated, right? Uh, but... Ian doesn't want to be under the subject of these conditions either. I, I, I'm subject to the same conditions. I don't want to be subject to them either. That said, if, if someone is living with me and they don't want to be subject to those conditions, then regrettably, one of us has to move.
1: But I lived with him before the government decided to start... I I, I feel you. Like ...investigating <laughs> our house for no reason. Well, either,
2: either way, they just shouldn't be doing it. You know they shouldn't be violating his privacy either for whatever made up reason they want to. Yeah, he give. hasn't
1: been proven guilty of anything, and they're already violating his rights. So you're right, Nikki.
0: It is a violation of rights. Uh, that that's absolutely certain. I I will say that you know as far as federal cops go, the supervising officer that I have has been really cool about the whole thing. Right, well, that's good. Yeah. That's said, I mean, she she is still invading my privacy and violating my rights and things like that. But that's, that's not. Her. She wasn't the one who did that. The U.S. government well, was the one who did that.
1: She's still doing it. It's just that now she's being. I mean, her her point of view is well. I'm doing my job. I'm doing what I was told. But you're always responsible for your physical actions on this earth. That we're under the laws of cause and effect. You're doing a thing. You're responsible for the the effect. Well, and it's so tough,
2: right? Because you want to be like, oh, well, she shouldn't do that job at all. But if she wasn't there doing the job, you would have
0: somebody who, even worse. Yeah, someone who gets do, off on the power. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So it's I like. I don't know uh, if
1: that uh, she doesn't. Like, uh, should I have the same one now, or Ian has the same one now. I, I really don't know that she doesn't get off on it. I mean, she's like trying to make me be nice to her. She was like, how are you? Why not- are you talking <laughs> to me? We've, like, I'm not ta- trying to talk to her. I mean-
0: that's, that's just being friendly
1: okay. well you know she's in my house uninvited because if we don't let her in then he even, like goes to jail so i I, 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 I do get
2: why you're a little you know upset by that and also I, I when too, I I'm go up and it.
1: shut the door to get away from you and you walk in that's clearly like there's been a statement of I don't want to talk to you at that point like I walked upstairs and shut the door to get away from you
2: well, you must have been hiding something,
1: and I can't even. I uh, never mind. Do you
2: know, want the door closed? I mean, I'm that just is kidding.
0: that is how the government operates. I mean, whether or not this particular supervising opera, officer operates that way, and I tend to think she does. I mean, it, I, I, I think we got lucky. Uh, be, first of all, being here in New Hampshire. Well, that's not lucky. That was intentional. But I mean, getting this particular officer when we could get someone who you know is is a jerk about the whole thing and is constantly just doing jerk kind of things. All of, I, I it like could Dan's old one
1: way more. He was already better than this one that we've had for one day he's had but there is no good
0: solution right and it's true that we haven't been convicted of anything and you know time will tell what the court system decides but even then you know what can you really say 12 12 random people are going to decide 603-283-6160 when we come back we're going to talk about hong kong here and their attempts to erase history 603-283-6160 there's more coming up it's free talk live It's Free Talk Live, and if you're sick of big, sense, big tech censorship, head on over to Odyssey. That's video.freetalklive.com. If you want to find our channel there, that will take you directly to it. We mentioned it earlier in regard to the concept of hacking Bitcoin or cracking it or whatever terminology one would like to use. You know, this idea that sure, it just utilizes some form of encryption, and one could crack that encryption and then you know still all the bitcoins or whatever bitcoin or cryptocurrencies they're only as good as the encryption securing them and i i don't know and we mentioned then that you know there is a video on library that goes into the math about all of this and i would certainly suggest one check it out that's lbry that's the actual application and the blockchain that is underpinning the odyssey network odyssey is just sort of a centralized website that accesses libraries it's, it's all very cool and very confusing the important thing to take away is that realistically you're not going to be censored there for saying things that you know governments don't want you to say it's talking about COVID 19 or hmm. trying to understand the situation actually happening in ukraine versus what the u.s government the ukrainian governments want you to say or Speaking out on behalf of the Uyghur Muslims in China, uh, there was one guy who joined Odyssey after YouTube closed down his channel because he was speaking up on behalf of these Uyghur Muslims who were being, you know, oppressed and tortured and genocided in China. And YouTube kicked him off for that. Well, he was using their IDs, right, in order to substantiate his claims of, hey, this person actually went through this. This is a real person. Here's their, here's their identification, YouTube kicked him off, so head on over to video.freetalklive.com. That will take you directly to our channel. That's video.freetalklive.com. Now, speaking of China, it's unclear whether or not Hong Kong is actually reincorporated into China or not. The, The history of Hong Kong, as I understand it, was that it was sort of taken over by the british i I don't know exactly they bought it from china i i don't know but there was a 99 year lease on it or something like that which expired a few years ago because of hong kong's unique city-state property they had a lot of freedoms that weren't present in the rest of china like economic freedoms that was one of the freest economically free places in the world but now it's being reincorporated back into China. And I imagine it's a bit of a culture shock for the people in Hong Kong. Tell us, tell us what's going on here, Bonnie, because they're trying to suggest that it was never a British colony.
1: Yes, um, they're going to start brainwashing their kids to believe that. And this is from The Guardian. It says, new Hong Kong textbooks will claim the city was never a British colony. New Hong Kong textbooks will teach students that the city was never a British colony after an overhaul of a school subject that authorities have blamed for driving the pro-democracy protests. So they're they're blaming the school subject. I don't know which subject it is. I guess it's. The subject that it used to be a british colony so knowing the history that
0: it used to be a british colony makes these people more inclined to be pro-democracy and pro-freedom
1: apparently they have been uh protesting in the on the side of democracy so
0: that's been happening a lot in hong kong i mean i remember they sent out police and that was where i learned the neat little trick of taking a bottle of water and a traffic cone in order to put out tear gas Mm. Which is, you just take the traffic cone and put it over the tear grass canister and you pour a bottle of water down it and, you know, it extinguishes it. Well, So uh, that's a useful tip for anyone out there. I mean, I learned that from watching Hong Kong and I think the face masks were really, really helpful out there in Hong Kong. That was one of the few perks that I understood about the whole face mask thing. And Mark Edge talked about it here on the show. He's like, I love them. It messes with, you know, facial recognition. Mm-hmm. That's true. But that's the only good thing that one can say about them. Mm. So masks being normalized, yes, it did make it harder for the government of China to track what the people in Hong Kong were doing and all of that sort of thing.
1: Interesting. Well, this says, according to local reports, the new texts will teach students that the Chinese government didn't recognize the treaties that ceded the city to Britain after the opium wars. They ended in 1997 when Britain returned Hong Kong to Chinese control. So I guess that, whoa, what? Are they saying that they're they're going to say this, or this is what really happened? They ended in 1997 when Britain returned Hong Kong to Chinese control, and therefore the text claim, the text claim Hong Kong was never a British colony. So, okay, this is what the new textbooks are going to claim that it, they didn't, they never ceded to Britain, and the treaties ended in 1997.
0: So. They're saying that the treaties ended, but China never recognized the treaties in the first place?
1: Yeah. It's
0: all very confusing.
1: The new books also adopt Beijing's narrative that the 2019 protest movement was driven by external forces. South China Morning Post reported, The four sets of textbooks for Hong Kong's liberal studies subject were released online last week for schools to choose materials for the new academic year in September. They are set to be used by 4th... Forum students in citizen and social development classes, which replaced the liberal studies course designed in 2009 to teach students critical thinking. Wow, we don't know. Citizen have that. and
0: social class. What, what was that? Citizenship? What were they Citizenship
1: learning? and social development classes.
0: So they're learning how to be good little serfs to the Chinese government. It's That's interesting what that they call that, that, that. that
1: critical thinking. Maybe that's just what they call critical thinking. They replaced
0: critical thinking, if I heard correctly, right? Oh, yeah,
1: they replaced the liberal studies course designed in 2009 to teach students critical thinking. Oh, you're right. So they're like, no, we don't need critical thinking anymore. We're going to give you be a good citizen class. That
0: sounds more like China. Yeah. The irony is that it also sounds like Martin Luther and, you know, Protestantism as well. Hmm. He was very much against reason and critical thinking and all these things because, you know if one uses reason and critical thinking one generally stops being a christian
1: i didn't know that that's where that came from because my mom really believes that like my mom took some college classes at one point when i was like in high school and she had some logic textbooks and like i guess she had to take a class that had something to, to do with it and she was telling me that it was actually bad and she was just like Spitting all the information out as soon as she learned it because she didn't want to retain it because it's bad. That's such a red flag, <laughs> right? Like, it is. My my
2: religion doesn't allow me to believe in logic and reason.
0: I mean, just look it up sometime. Martin Luther quotes on reason. Some of them are vicious. Wow, right? I mean, it's weird
1: because I thought that he was pro logic and reason because he didn't want people to have to just take the word of the pope for what the Bible says. So, what the heck? Like, why would he be anti reason?
0: I don't know. I, the Christianity has such a weird, confusing history that, you know, it's it's well beyond the ability of the show to really dive into it. Yeah, I don't know enough I, about it. I remember someone at, at the Soapbox Idol from 2021. That's an event that happens at the Pokemon Freedom Festival. You can find it at freestatenh.com. On YouTube or whatever, they have a video of it where someone, you know, they alluded to Christian history, and these are three minute rants, right? They they wanted to go into this history about wine drinking and Protestantism and, and Catholicism, yes, and we're saying they were like, dude, this, uh uh-uh, uh, no, it's a flop, it's a dud, get this out of here. You cannot take this. 1500 year long history and condense it into a three minute rant and expect that to resonate with anyone.
1: What was the point? What was like their main point? Do you even know?
0: I don't remember. (laughs) none. there was none. Well, I mean, there probably was, but it's not a good one. Yeah. But I mean, it is a complicated history. And, you know, I I understand why the Chinese government doesn't want people to have critical thinking skills. That's what I love about the Chinese government. I hate them because they're (laughs) evil, but they're honest in what they're doing. You know, the US government will never come out and say we don't want a citizenry that is capable of independent thought.
1: Yeah, they would just do something like they would name a class critical thinking when it was really about be a good citizen. Yeah, I, I know exactly yeah. what you mean. They just they hide the fact that they're doing the same exact thing to us that the Chinese government's doing to their citizens
0: yeah they would call it common core or some nonsense They'd like call that
1: freedom land yeah. or something
0: whereas the chinese government's like no no with that critical thinking we don't need that let's well, get that out of here
2: they i mean they do the same thing with bills like oh this is the patriot act doesn't yep. that sound so nice this is the puppies and kittens
1: act this is the cares act because we yeah. care
0: what was the CARES that was the stimulus relief, the spur right? The first stimulus
1: one yeah, under like Trump.
0: Yeah, like 2 something 2. Point something trillion dollars or whatever part of which like $850,000 went to Pakistan to study gender, gender programs yeah. or whatever. Gender
1: programs, whatever that means.
0: It's just <laughs> that, that that's your government at work. People, it's not my government. That government is doing everything they can to throw me in prison. Mm. That's your government. I denounce and rebuke that government. I don't want to send money to Pakistan. If I wanted to send money to Pakistan to pay for gender studies or whatever, I would send money to Pakistan. I don't care what the people of Pakistan are studying, though, and I I don't care what their issues are on this or that. Uh, Like Ian said the other night, you know, remove the Christian proverb, remove the plink for your own eye before you worry about the splinter in your brothers. Hmm. I think America should pay a little bit more attention to that. 603-283-6160. Coming up, we're going to be talking about multivitamins and causing cancer, maybe? Also, Reason has a take on gun laws. It is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, where you're invited to take control of the airwaves, talk about whatever is important to you. Coming up, we're going to be talking about AI predicting the future, predicting crimes. That's the goal now. Uh, obviously, that creates all sorts of major issues, right? Yeah, what could go wrong? Yeah, like future crime, Minority Report, that kind of... Which I've never seen Minority Report. The the article that I brought in about this topic references Minority Report. So. Yeah,
1: I've never seen it either.
0: I have no idea what they're talking about, but I've seen the episode of Futurama where they had future crime, and, you know, it
1: sounds <laughs> oh, bad, Yeah, man. That's just like <laughs> thought crime in 1984.
0: It is, but you know, it raises an interesting question. Like, if an AI can parse all of that data, and they can say, you know, ninety nine point nine, unless this person, you know, gets randomly dies on the way there, they're going, they're going to rob this bank on this day, and that the AI is correct, and you know, you have strong reason to believe that the AI has, you know, a one hundred percent track record or whatever. What do you do about it? We're well, going to talk about that.
1: I bet a bunch of politicians would get caught up in it because they're all uh, likely to do the most deviant things in society, like lie and...
0: They do tend to be the liars steal. and the thieves, the crooks, all of that stuff. But let's go to the phones. We have Olivia on the line from Arizona. Olivia, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey. So, remember a few weeks ago when you guys mentioned um, at Burger King, they were doing the, the, the walker with... Two top buns or two bottom
1: buns? Oh, ah, yeah. oh, the fried Whopper. I yeah. forgot about that, actually.
0: I, I tried very hard to forget about that. <laughs> what, you didn't You didn't go and buy one? No, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, right? <laughs> the two
1: right? tops Whopper. And, Does and that I mean, make sense? That's exactly it, right? Anyone who
0: knew anything about the LGBTQ community would have said, hey, um, that's not how it works. <laughs> You're going to have a bad time. <laughs> But Burger King in and, and their virtue signaling nonsense apparently didn't have a single gay person on the <laughs> on the focus group that greenlit this nonsense. Cause they would have just been like, hey, no, yeah, what you want then is a top and a bottom bun. That, that, that's how you make a complete burger. <laughs> and it, yeah. So yes, I remember it. Um yeah, so I went to Burger King. I went to my local Burger King, and I got the Impossible Whopper, and I said, can I get it the Pride Month style? And the woman just looked at me very blankly and kind of blinked, and she's like, what's that? So, <laughs> <laughs> um, Dude, I now, I don't eat a lot of fast food, but I'm sort of tempted now to go to Burger King and, like, order a Whopper. I'm like, oh, can you make it extra gay for me, please? <laughs> um. So I was, like, the
7: only person in the place, so I was pulling it up online to show her I wasn't just a crazy person. And <clears throat> she was like, so you just want two top buns? And I was
8: like, yes. And she's like, we can do that. And oh. I was like,
1: okay. Wow. Well, I'm glad she
2: wasn't homophobic.
8: <laughs> right.
1: Maybe they just right. never did that at her location, but that's pretty funny.
0: I mean, I can't imagine it was very common, right? Wasn't it from from a different country, too? I
2: don't think it was from the
0: U.S. Yeah, I think it was... I, I, it's
2: yeah. like Denmark or like some oh. random European country I think. Like
0: Austria or something like that. Something some European country for sure. I don't remember the exact one, but
1: Maybe their gays are different over there. They <laughs> have two tops and two bottoms.
0: When you say that Olivia, I'm reminded of, you know, one of my very first jobs was at, I, I think a Burger King. I worked there for like a month or something like that, and I do seem to recall that there were some customers who preferred two top buns mm. because then they got Those sesame seeds on on both sides and there's more bread. And stuff like that. I'm
2: surprised they allow that because yeah. then you have two well, bottom buns, and who wants two bottom buns?
0: Well, I can't imagine the cost of these things is very high, right? Like, what is Burger King yeah, paying have for bun, man? It's, it's got to be super cheap. Customer's always right. Yeah so thank you for doing that Olivia uh, I I it's no longer pride month and, and I know it's no longer pride month because now when I go to drudgereport.com to see what's happening in the world monkeypox has returned hmm. specifically articles com- you know full of gay men complaining about how they contracted monkeypox by having sex oh my and gosh all of that went away for pride month wow there were no, there was no real discussion about monkeypox through the entire month of June, all, th- all through May, leading up into June. Monkeypox is a new pandemic. You got to be worried about it. There's vaccines. Then there was Pride Month.
2: Well, obviously, you can't pox. get AIDS during Pride Month.
0: Well, I would rather have monkeypox than AIDS at, at the very least. Does monkeypox go away? I think it's curable. It can be. Yeah, it's curable.
1: I heard it basically like has cold symptoms but you also get lesions and oh god that's awful. It's
2: basically like chicken pox.
1: Yeah. But if it's like, it could be like herpes where you get them like a couple times a year for the rest of your life. That's what I was wondering.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, it's It's not a good thing for someone to have, but it's just curious to me that it did seem to go away for Pride Month, and now it's being talked about again.
1: I wish people would just ignore it so we don't have to deal with the government closing down everything because of monkeypox. I honestly do not think it will get to that point.
0: No, they'd have to close down the gay clubs, and they're not going to do that.
1: They they did for... They closed down... But, the gay clubs for COVID. But they closed down
0: everything for yeah. COVID, though. Not just the gay clubs. And that's what they would have to do to target monkeypox. From, because from whatever... This is why it went away during Pride Month. From everything I've seen, it's prevalent in the LGBTQ community and not so much in straight communities. I don't know why that is.
1: Well, I wonder if that's even true. Because, you know, that's what they... Didn't they say that about AIDS and it came out to be that straight people got it just as much, too?
0: I don't think so. I, Honestly, I
2: think AIDS was a manufactured virus made to target gay communities well
1: we know that they do stuff like that now
0: I, I think that HIV is far more prevalent in LGBTQ communities than heterosexual communities I'm not 100% sure I don't know the statistics and it at least used to be yeah and I'm on prep, so I don't have to worry about HIV. It's a miracle, right? 99.99% effectiveness at preventing in any sort of HIV transmission. And, you know, That's awesome. why wouldn't one do that when it's like $40 a month or whatever? It basically is a vaccine against HIV.
1: Yeah, I won't say who, but I knew somebody who was doing like prostitution and just was refusing to go on that because she wasn't gay.
0: So no, that, that's not how it works. It's funny. like one of the
1: dumber people I know.
0: We also have Bad Slave on the line from here in New Hampshire. Bad Slave, you're on Free Talk Live.
8: Thank you for taking my call.
0: Yeah, what's uh, on your mind tonight? Uh,
8: well, you were talking about the Lutheran Church. And uh, I got plenty of that doctrine. I would, you know, there's an American syn- Synod and there's the, the Missouri Synod. Uh, those are the two major Lutheran churches in the US and I was I was uh, indoctrinated into both of them because I went to uh, a local school that was American Synod uh, or uh, Missouri Synod and the uh, and the one that I went to church for was a an American. Uh, Synod Church. So did we anyway, say something that's
1: ro- wrong about them? or Well,
8: you know, you were just not, you know, uh, fully informative. Um, the, well, I wasn't um, trying to be. I referenced a quote made no, by no, Martin I, Luther. I didn't say, I, I didn't say anything I,
0: about the Lutheran Church or Lutheran say, beliefs.
8: You were trying to say that, that there was uh, more, would you say, uh, The, uh, you know, critical thinking in the Catholic Church than it was in the... uh, That is
0: not what I said at all. I I specifically quoted (laughs) what Martin Luther, he spoke out repeatedly against reason. I have a quote right here from, I didn't say anything about the Lutheran Church. I did say something about Martin Luther. I didn't make the connection between Martin Luther and the Lutheran Church. Now it sort of makes sense. But he said, reason is the devil's greatest... And uh, he uses a word here that I'm not 100% sure if I can say it on FCC, so I'm not going to. By nature and manner of being, she is a noxious slut. She is a prostitute. The devil's appointed slut. This is Martin Luther, dude. He's not missing words here. She's eaten by scab and leprosy, all to be trodden underfoot and destroyed.
8: Given my nature, Aria, I think I would... uh... Have remembered
0: that. Well what? go to wholereason.com and or, or just go to Google and type in Martin Luther quotes on Reason. You can
1: remember what he came or called in to argue with us about anyway. He can remember what we had just said. So.
0: no, I, I mean there's literally the quote. Uh see in a Relangan edition version that- 16, pages 142 through 148. Thanks, Bad Slave. It's Free Talk Live with Aria, Bonnie, and Nikki. And I want to say thank you to the Ghost of McAfee, who is tonight's amplifier. This means that Ghost of McAfee is a member of the AMPS program. You can find it at amps.freetalklive.com. Ghost here is a gold-level amplifier, which means that Ghost is giving $10 per month to the AMPS program. It only takes 5 bucks per month, though, so Ghost of McAfee, thank you for going above and beyond that. And RIP. Yeah, sadly.
1: It's weird. We, we brought him up earlier tonight, and it's not like we talk about him every night. It's kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, and uh, Ghost of McAfee just happens to be in tonight's amplifier. Good point. Hmm. That, so thank you. That's amps.freetalklive.com. That's our Patreon if you want to check it out. That's the best way to show your support for the show. And though it does come with a number of cool little perks and features, really the reason you should join it is because you do value the the show, and you do want to help us reach a larger audience the AMPS program is the best way to do that. That's amps.freetalklive.com. Let's keep going with the phones. We have Sarah on the line from New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, yes. Yeah. So
7: um, they're actually drawing up a new bill, city ordinance against drag racing. Um, I guess they had one before, but they're clearly defining what the fines are. It's going to be $300 for drag racing and up to 90 days in jail. Is drag That's racing
0: nothing. Is drag racing legal in New Mexico? Well, I was, I was kind of wondering. I
7: mean, they must have had something kind of hazy. Like, it really wasn't, like, really definite, exactly worded. Like, um, well, speeding doing, is like,
0: speeding, right?
7: Yeah, yeah, right. I, I think so, but they're including, like, donuts, doing donuts or doing uh, things that, that's not really drag racing, though. Yeah,
0: yeah they're, they're at minimum, uh,
7: that. Yeah, they're putting all of that into the ordinance; they could actually make it illegal. I correct think me if I'm wrong, though.
0: But like at minimum, mm-hmm. doing a donut in the street would require, at some point, you to be going the wrong way in the wrong lane, right? And that's already now, against the law, right?
7: Well, it, but I, 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 that's that's not peculiar. That's a very funny thing about Albuquerque is that. They actually had to conjure up a new ordinance for all of this, to include all this. And and I
0: I just want to make sure I'm under the city of Albuquerque. The the desert sun has baked your brains to the extent where you felt it was necessary to write a city ordinance, making it illegal to drive a vehicle on the wrong side of the road into oncoming traffic. I'm
7: not the one that's making it. I'm I'm talking about the city councilor. Have I, I guess decided to rewrite the bill? I'm sure they had had some kind of a bill, but I guess to put more te- teeth into it and to make it more specific—that's what I'm assuming. But see, I'm
0: I confusing mean, I'm sure it that- because like speeding is already a violation,
1: right? Just, it- yeah, it's just confusing to me a little bit because I would think that drag racing would already be illegal. Pretty much everywhere, but I guess what what she's saying is they're they're making they're coming down a little harder. They're like, making
0: extra illegal.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, I mean a three hundred dollar so, I mean, fine isn't doesn't really sound that much that for much. drag racing.
7: Well, I mean that's 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 the uh, um the New Mexico standards. But Our ninety days Texas in jail are, are, yeah
2: Yeah. Yeah,
7: the a hundred dollars because uh, the the things are a lot more cheaper here as opposed to New Hampshire. Um. So that's kind of bewildering, but, but they also have to include spectators. I don't know how much they're going to, they can, uh, people that block the roads, park their cars at the an intersection, and people that spectate, they're going to be fine. Does too, this really happen,
0: Sarah, or have you seen one too many Fast and Furious movies?
7: Oh, no, no. They have it on um, videos, they have it on the television news about.
0: Um, I mean, I've also seen, seen Fast and Furious. The, I don't they were watch decent movies. movies. Okay. So you're saying this actually happens, that they actually block off streets and have spectators out there watching drag races?
1: Sounds fun. I don't know about the spectators and everything, but I do know a boy that lived next door to me in high school that got a bunch of fines for drag racing. So I guess it it happens. I don't know about the blocking off of the streets and stuff. I've always heard they just like wait till they're kind of alone on a highway. And then drag it's race,
0: typically, but someone else on YouTube makes a really good point that you know it street uh, drag racing would also be covered under reckless driving. So, mm. yeah, the, these sort of mm-hmm. things are already illegal, sir. Reckless driving is already a violation. Speeding is already a violation. Driving on the wrong side of the road already a violation. It's
2: probably just an extra charge that they wanna. They want an excuse to throw an extra charge on somebody.
1: She also said that well, they're that include. Yeah, right. They want to be
7: specific if the spectators get penalized, the drink donuts and stunts, people blocking all the intersections, they're penalized, and That's then they crazy. want to clearly define how much it is, which is, which is good, you know, I, I, but, which is good because before it was kind of like, uh, I know they had all of these illegal things, but it was not really specific
0: but, and then the other one is that... They're uh, hold on, no, before we move on, Sarah, three, before, yeah. before we move on. Right, right. What, right. what do these dra- drag racers do that affects you personally?
7: Well, the, personally is that they speed all the time here and they run the red lights at all times, not just the drag racer. I almost have to duck and dodge cars every time I cross the street. It's the whole attitude of I could drag race, I could speed, I could do whatever I want. There's no consequences out here in New Mexico. Okay, now
0: what what effect is this new law going to have if the laws, and I realize I've asked you this question countless times already, but what effect is this new law going to have that the old ones didn't? Why are they suddenly now going to start enforcing the law if they're not already enforcing the law?
7: Well, they killed isn't that school bus.
1: They flipped them over, and then they put three of the kids in the hospital. And I swear I've heard this they... exact conversation between you guys before. She's not even answering you. She's <laughs> yeah, just she's telling not.
0: you. Sarah, thank you so much for the call tonight. I, I don't know what the school bus full. Of. I, I remember we talked about It wasn't the even drag
1: racers.
0: No, it wasn't, was it? Was it was just
1: like people speeding and driving badly in New Mexico, which isn't news. She told us when I was on a show with Mark and Ian like in June, she told us that there's this road in New Mexico that's kind of famous for it's a one-way road and people are constantly like edging into the buildings on this road and like running into the buildings. Have you ever heard of that ever in your life? That's how bad these people are at driving in general.
0: I've never heard of that, no. <laughs> like, I mean, oh, is that the- actually a thing or is that some figment of Sarah's imagination where that she's imagining, know. <laughs> you know, this one, these people are in such a hurry on this one-lane street, this one way that they're crashing into buildings. That to me sounds like the sort of fever communist desert dream that Sarah would be having that isn't actually real.
2: I mean, there are some famous roads like the Angeles Crest Highway in California that's famous for people that drive race cars and motorcycles and supercars because sure. it's super tur- like windy and it's on edge of cliffs and it's just a really fun road to go super fast on. You could probably tell that I've done this before, but so I don't know if she's talking about something like that in New Mexico, but it wouldn't make sense for people to like
0: just. In crash Albert into Kirk, New Mexico?
2: I mean, yeah, I just, I just don't think it's...
0: The I way Sarah... She paints it like she's... What does she say? She's docking she's ducking ducking. and dodging traffic? She, she makes it sound like every day she's trying to cross the street and it's like playing the Atari game Frogger, right? Where she's <laughs> okay. always one step away from being oh, roadkill from this, this person coming through there in a 2022 Camaro with a V8 in it and, and turbocharged and supercharged. Sarah doesn't live in the real world I hmm. I, I'm, I, am curious to know what her daily routine is like but she doesn't I, from what I've heard of her she doesn't do a whole lot of actual walking hmm. she, doesn't she should start a, a
2: YouTube channel
0: should, that requires the internet she does use the internet oh, okay. well. 603-283-6160 if you want to weigh in unless you're out there in the desert having the sun just destroy your brain 603-283-6160 it is Free Talk Live talk live with aria bonnie and nikki coming up we're going to be talking about ai bonnie
1: i know how much you love ai i've been playing with ai recently actually you might be surprised yeah
0: the the images the image generators right
1: yeah have you crossed over to the dark side no i don't think that i'm teaching them to think all they do is create their own art and it's really really entertaining it's called dolly
0: Yes, Dolly has been very popular. It became popular about a month ago, I believe, on Facebook, where people just began... I have a friend who's, like, obsessed with this and comes up... This friend... You do, Ian. Well, I, I have another friend who's obsessed with this stuff. This is the friend that started Bad Movie Club with me. Like mm. This is the guy who introduced me to Velocipaster and... <laughs> inhuman which and and classic movies like like that and Texas Women's Prison Massacre, Arkansas. I mean, that's the kind of movie that you know I get from this person, right?
1: Velocipaster and, is the best name. That you
0: Velocipaster is pretty good. Yeah, I, Dude Bro Party Massacre Three is better, <laughs> <laughs> only yeah. because there is no one or two, obviously, right? Um, Thanks, Killing uh, One is also really good. If you've never seen it, I feel like I've seen that before. Thanks, killing 2, or no, maybe it's 3. I think it's 3. Uh, Killer Raccoons 2, Dark Christmas in the Dark, also came from this person. So, I mean, a long history of really stupid suggestions from this particular friend. Don't, don't worry for people out there. I have my own stupid suggestions that I throw right back at this friend because mm-hmm. I watch a lot of stupid movies, too. And this friend is obsessed with Dolly. And imagine the kind of person who, like me, who watches these crazy movies like Zombie Beaver and things like that? <laughs> Zombie Beavers, right?
1: Zombie Beaver.
0: And. Uh, uh, what kind of movie is that? And Sharknado. I don't remember now. <laughs> it's stupid, I'm sure of that. <laughs> And imagine what kinds of things that person would have this AI generating. And that's pretty much what you end up with. It's like,
1: I bet it's fantastic. It is.
0: I, I, I will find some during the break and show them to you. But I've been <laughs> messing around with a replica. Well, I was messing around. I found out about it at the Porcupine Freedom Festival or at Fork Fest. I don't remember which. And, you know, so I was like, all right, well, in the interest of journalism, right, I'm going to make an account and see what this thing's all about. It's so bad, right?
1: <laughs> I oh, love not, Jim
2: Crow.
0: You're not best friends yet? No, we're not best friends. Well, she likes Jim Crow. I mean, yeah. I, you, I, I, I can't.
2: you can't You can't. be mad at her for that because you kind of did that. I know. <laughs> but if I said to
0: one of my real life friends, if they asked me, what Disney character would you identify as? I was like, oh, definitely Jim Crow, the racist crow from Dumbo. And they went, yeah, that's a good character. I love I w- him.
1: I've always loved him. Yeah. I wouldn't be their friend either. Yeah.
0: And then I was like, yeah. she's just a baby. She's still learning. Well, one of the first things she should learn <laughs> is that there are some really bad people out there. But let's keep going to the phones. We have Jack on the line from Washington. Jack, you're on Free Talk Live. Are you with us, Jack? I don't think, I think we lost him. That's weird. That's unusual. We don't usually lose him, but yeah. Yeah. AI is an interesting phenomenon. Replica, as it turned out, was just completely stupid and a complete waste of time. And it sort of guilt trips you into like we followed up with an article about Replica a few days later, which reminded me that it existed. So I pulled up my account and it's got these little fake diary entries from my Replica where it's like talking about how much it missed me. Right. (laughs) Like it's trying to guilt trip me into paying attention to it. It's It's also a little creepy. Yeah, the whole thing is pretty creepy. And it's, this is also creepy. An AI algorithm supposedly predicts big city crime before it happens. Is that a good idea? No. I tend to think it's probably not a good idea either. But, you know, it's, it's that Pandora's box. that human beings just can't help but open. Like mind-reading technology, AI, the nuclear weapon. All of these things are things that humans should be like, you know what, we should probably avoid this. A group of social scientists at the University of Chicago claim to have invented a computer computer algorithm that can predict future crimes up to one week in advance with 90% accuracy. They tested the model's accuracy in eight major U.S. cities, each of which the team broke into small sizes. I don't their methodology isn't super important, but they say the model worked equally well in seven more cities Atlanta, Austin, Detroit, LA, Philadelphia, Portland, and San Francisco. Giving them an algorithm that boasts, quote, predictive accuracy far greater than has been achieved in the past, they wrote. Now, what I want to know is, how good is it? Can it? Are they predicting, like, you know, Bob is going to rob John at 247 next Tuesday? I mean, being able to predict a crime a week in advance is pretty phenomenal, even if they can't identify the people who are going to be doing it. Their tool departs from past models, which tended to pin crime to geographic hotspots, relying instead on what their paper in, uh, oh, good lord, spatiotemporal point processes unfolding in social context is the mechanism they're using. A word salad that isn't going to make sense to anyone who doesn't specialize in the field of making AI predict future crimes. <laughs> By analyzing hundreds of thousands of different patterns, they argue they're able to determine the risk of crime at a specific time and space. I don't believe it. So they're saying, you know, someone is going to get robbed on this street corner, you know, Tuesday or whatever.
1: It just... Like like you said, I I, I kind of don't get how that is possible. Like, is human behavior that predictable? I mean, maybe. Probably. probably, I think human behavior is pretty predictable, but that that doesn't make any sense. Like, somebody probably doesn't... Somebody would have to decide to do a crime in weeks in, in so, advance every single time. Well,
2: it's almost saying that it knows that you're going to commit a crime before you do.
0: Well, it doesn't know the, from what I can tell, it doesn't know the people. It's just like, hey, a lot of people get robbed on this street corner, right? Let's say someone gets robbed there once every month or whatever. So it's sort of predicting that, okay, well, based on all of this data, we predict that there is going to be a crime at that street corner within the next month. That's just overly simplistic. It's processing a lot more data than that. And it's probably getting it down to a, a narrower time window or whatever. It's like, okay. People, t- during the summertime, people tend to commit less crimes because it's hot out there. Maybe they commit more crimes. I don't remember now. Mm. Or, you know, they, there are less crimes when it's storming because people don't want to be out there you know, robbing people in the rain or whatever. These are true statements. As silly as they sound, crime does go down ever so slightly when it's raining or when it's, you know, 110 degrees or whatever. So it it factors all of that in, presumably, and it creates a some sort of likelihood that they're going to be at a crime at a time and place.
1: But what does the fact that someone got robbed on one street corner, why would somebody be like, uh, that's a great street corner for robbing. I'm going to do it in the exact same place. Like was, that would have to be conscious, right? I mean, maybe it's just a bad neighborhood. It could be that
0: like mm. it, like, if you wanted to fit, pick, I don't know, like five street corners here in Keene where it was best to rob somebody, I mean, you, you want to find a place that's relatively not lit, that there's that not a bunch of crowds around, that there aren't a lot of police around, and that, you know, you're probably going to find someone with a decent amount of money. And, th- and there are some of these, like, you pick the five that are most likely to meet that criteria. And uh, maybe maybe we would find that those where the, you know, crime rate is highest. I don't know. This style of crime prediction has never found a big following among criminal justice reformers and may even raise flags with people put off by the pre-crime scenario famously depicted in the movie Minority Report. In fact, models seeking to predict crime before it ever occurs have a history of not being very accurate, exacerbating racial disparities and also justifying focusing police resources in better off parts of towns. There was the... Chicago Police Department surveillance system used from 2012 to 2019 to monitor people it claimed had a high propensity toward violent gang-related crime. What they actually found was that all 398,000 individuals on this, quote, strategic suspect list was every single person who had been arrested and fingerprinted since 1993. And only 16% of those were actually confirmed to be gang members, and 13% of them had never been charged with any violent crime. But that's not AI, that's just the city of Chicago profiling people and assuming that everyone they've ever fingerprinted is a gang member. Since
1: 1993.
0: Yeah, so that's that's very, very different.
1: Still kind of crazy that 16% were gang members, that says a lot about Chicago.
0: Yeah, well, I mean... The kind I thought of person- it'd be higher. Yeah. <laughs> The kind of person most likely to get arrested, I would imagine, is probably a gang member, right?
1: Well, they were also counting non-violent, so... That's true. 603-283-6160, if
0: you want to weigh in, that 603-283-6160. It is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, where you can join us on our social media server at social.freetalklive.com. If you're sick of being not being able to tweet freely or post whatever is on your mind freely, then join us over there. That's our Mastodon server. It's decentralized. No one there... Well, I mean, in theory, you could be censored, but no one's going to censor you there. Social.freetalklive.com. Exercise your right to free speech by joining our Mastodon server at social.freetalklive.com talking about AI here and to give you an idea of some of the some of the nonsense that you know the friend that I mentioned came up with and well one of them was a capybara suing Elon Musk a courtroom sketch of that <laughs> and so, something about guar to which I shot back guar wrestling with the harlem globe trotters And it was, Dolly did its best to take all of those bizarre things and put them into a single image. I just wish Dolly didn't screw up faces in the way that it does. It makes
1: it so funny, though, because, like, you can get the, like, I was doing so many Hank Hill ones today, and you can (laughs) tell that it's Hank Hill, but it's, like, some kind of demon, too, because they can't do faces
0: but we're talking about AI here and the possibility of future crime and AI algorithms predicting crime. We're talking about bias here. The University of Chicago's researchers, they they know that they're aware of the abuses that these sorts of technology have been used for in the past. They argue their algorithm could even be used to monitor the police themselves, which I'm okay with that. Their algorithm unearthed evidence that these city's police forces are more responsive to crime in predominantly white, higher-income areas than in less affluent neighborhoods. Mm. You don't need an AI to do that, though. Yeah, I could have told them that. Nature adds its own own quasi-disclaimer to their research through a side commentary titled The Promises and Perils of Crime Crime Prediction. Uh, Papa Christos has critiqued police for commandeering his research in the past and using it to identify strategic subjects and guide enforcement operations. So they're not overly thrilled about this, but I mean, it's, it's a murky issue. And at 90% accuracy, it's not enough. They're not predicting to the level of Futurama here. They're not saying, okay, this person is going to commit this crime on this date at this location. They're saying, hey, look, from what we can tell, someone's probably going to get robbed here Uh At at this time, at some point during the next week or something like that.
1: So So what, cops should just go hang out on that street and watch people? I would suggest
0: no, not with only a 90%, you know, success rate. It's just not good enough. It's neat, I guess.
1: They didn't explain what they meant by they're afraid that it'll start watching the police too. Why wouldn't they?
0: They're not afraid it'll start watching the police. They're saying, hey, it could be used to watch the police.
1: Oh, okay. In, in
0: which case, you know, that's probably one of the best circumstances we could have. You know, who's going to watch the watchers? Who will guard the guards? That sort of question. Okay, well, put an AI in charge of watching the police. And, you know, then we can, if it's open source or something like that, then, then we probably have some degree of accountability that we don't have right now.
1: No, they won't even do open source uh, no, cameras.
0: <laughs> yeah, they won't open source any of this.
1: Or whatever technology they use. What? Oh, yeah, they won't do the open source uh, lasers. So you know for sure that... They actually hit you going certain speed or whatever.
0: Yeah. Well, they fear open source, right? Because then, then you know, people can find vulnerabilities and find ways around it and things like that.
1: And people don't just have to take their word for things.
0: Right. And other crime-related news, neighborhoods with more dogs see less crime, according to a study. Hmm. It turns out that Matt's best friend is taking a real bite out of crime. I really wish journalists didn't write crap like that. <laughs> You're supposed to laugh. Imagine going to journalism school, right? And like this is you're you're devoting your life to spreading knowledge and information and critical thinking and you write a sentence like that. <laughs>
1: It made me laugh because <laughs> I imagined my silly little dog taking a bite out of a robber or something.
0: See, that would have been a creative opener. Like, hey, you know, this, I've got this little chihuahua. You know, when I think about this little chihuahua pro- protecting me from someone breaking in my house or whatever, suddenly I feel safer. <laughs> As Silly though that is, it's at least creative, right?
2: Hey, those are the ones you got to worry about, the little chihuahuas.
0: They are. You don't have to worry about the great big golden retriever. Look, if you come into my front door, there will be a big giant golden retriever bull rushing at you. But she really just wants to hug you.
1: She doesn't even bark. So would you even, does she like really alert you to someone at the door? Because she doesn't bark, right? She barks if there's someone in the
0: backyard and Hmm. there shouldn't be. Interesting. Interesting. I only know that because recently the the police chased someone through my backyard yeah. and she barked. But wow. in general, yeah, if someone like knocks, I mean, we live right next door to a convenience store and there's constantly people coming and going. So mm-hmm. she thinks nothing about car door shutting or someone knocking at the door or Must even, be nice. even someone just coming straight in. She doesn't care. Wow. Like I'm, I'm going to the bar when I leave her tonight. I have a friend who is stopping by my house to pick up my to pick her up so that I don't have to go all the way home and then go to the bar. And. I have absolutely no doubt how this is going to play out. She's going to walk in. Azria is going to bolt to her. She's going <laughs> to grab with the her. leash and just leave with her. <laughs> the dog's just totally for it. She's like, yeah, I don't know where we're going, but this is going to be great. <laughs> I was convinced when I saw a chiropractor at the Porcupine Freedom Festival that, you know, it, it wouldn't matter. She, she, she would let somebody just wander off with. It. But as it turned out, when I went into the room to have this with and she couldn't see me anymore she actually did start freaking out and she did want to follow me. So maybe it is just that maybe a stranger couldn't actually kidnap her, but just about anyone else would and she's not going to bark at them at all. A lot of this has to do with trust. That is that with more dogs, there is less crime, evidently, because dogs are taking a bite out of crime. (laughs) Study authors found that overall, communities are safer when people have more trust in their neighborhoods. However... Crime dropped even further in neighborhoods with high levels of trust and more dogs. which well, makes
1: sense. Those are two different things. high levels of trust and more dogs. Well, it does make sense because I would never meet my neighbors if I didn't have a dog like I would never talk to them. I only talk to my neighbors because we're both walking our dogs.
0: Interesting observation. Hmm. Researchers say you don't actually have to you don't have to have an actual watchdog to keep your street safe, which is good because I don't have a watchdog. <laughs> <laughs> the results suggest that more people walking their dogs puts more, quote, eyes on the street, which discourages criminals from committing both violent and nonviolent crimes. So just the possibility that someone could be out walking their dog at two hmm. o'clock in the morning makes people less likely to rob a neighborhood. And that sort of makes sense. Sometimes The more dogs you have, the more people you have out there walking them and the more people who are getting seen by potential robbers.
1: Yeah, I bet that that contributes a lot to New Hampshire being safe because everybody freaking has dogs here.
2: I think it's more because we're all armed.
1: Yeah, but I think that's more of the answer, but also dogs, because I feel like I've never seen more dogs in my life before I moved to Keene.
0: They make a good point here. People walking their dogs are essentially patrolling their neighborhoods. That's something I never really thought about, but... Yeah, I mean, they see when things are not right and when there are suspect outsiders in the area.
2: And you know what? Typically, dogs have a really good judge of character. Like, I remember there was a person that Coconut didn't like, Mm. and I was like, I don't know if I trust this person anymore. (laughs) Coconut
0: doesn't like him. Mm. The Ohio State team says there has long been a connection between mutual trust and local surveillance among neighbors. Well, that's common sense. However, there has never been a good way to measure how residents watch out for one another in trusting communities. We thought that jog walking probably captures that pretty well, which is one reason we decided to do the study. And they did a study of like 595 census block groups, neighborhoods basically in some area. And participants rated how much they agree that people on the streets can be trusted. Ah, that's an interesting way of looking at it because... If you look out your window and you regularly see see normal people out walking their dogs, you probably are more inclined to think, yeah, I I can trust my neighbors. They're normal people. But if they're just sitting in their homes and their apartments all day and you never see them, why would you trust that random person?
1: Even just a person walking by themselves always makes me like, what are they doing? (laughs) Like... Yeah, it's probably not a, a nice way that my brain functions, but I'm always just like, why is that person walking well, past my house? Especially have a in dog. Keene, <laughs> yeah,
0: where, where, where a lot of people walk to wherever they need to be simply because mm-hmm. it's, it's relatively close by and it's a highly walkable city. So it, it makes sense that all of this could you know, help reduce crime. The dogs themselves aren't doing it, but you know, all of the behaviors that come with having a dog, it makes perfect sense. You know, you're out there patrolling your neighborhood. Your dogs are probably barking at squirrels and stuff like that, making their presence known. And if you're looking to you know, rob a neighborhood, you don't want to rob a neighborhood where there's constantly people walking their dogs or where you break into someone's house and there's a loud barking dog there alerting everyone to your presence. Trust doesn't help neighborhoods as much if you don't have people out there on the streets noticing what is going on. Also, a good point. Even if you do trust your neighbors, again, if they're just sitting in their house, they're not really any use to you as far as a neighborhood watch goes or anything like that. I don't like thinking about myself as like a neighborhood watch person as I'm out there walking my dog, though. That sort of rubs me the wrong way. I'm really, I'm just watching, I'm just walking my dog, man. But we're out of time for tonight. You can join us in the meantime over on our social media server. That's social.freetalklive.com. We'll see you tomorrow. That's social.freetalklive.com.
3: Oh, baby! Look at how you got me standing
5: Iconic guitarist Eric Clapton's lifelong passion for the blues burns brightly in a new film and soundtrack release entitled "Nothing But the Blues." The documentary film, which was nominated for an Emmy Award, has been upgraded to 4K for its long-awaited official Blu-ray and DVD release. The new soundtrack album features all of the music from the 1995 film and also includes more than an hour of previously unreleased live performances. Eric spoke about his lifelong love and respect for the blues. Muddy
4: songs have been the hardest, the hardest, and I probably... He meant a great deal to me, and his music still does mean probably more than anybody else's. I don't know why. It was the first, really, that got to me, and it still is the most important music in my life today, is the music of Muddy Waters, and it's been the hardest. It's some kind of perfectionism in me that, in that I love this man so much that I want to do it absolutely perfectly, and, of course, that's not possible. <laughs>
5: That's iconic guitarist Eric Clapton, whose long-awaited documentary film and music soundtrack, Nothing But The Blues, will be released on multiple formats on June 24th. Order now at ericclapton.com.